Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox's Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake episode 37. My name is not Pete Selby. I'm Rob Hayes, the co-presenter of the podcast. And I have moved For Fox's Sake HQ up the M1 to Sheffield for the duration of the World Snooker Championship. So uh, I've got Pete Selby in his car on the phone. Pete, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear the rant? Can you see the angry face? Can you hear the red face? And that's not because it's nice weather. You are coming through hear. loud and clear. It's not just the sunshine. I can I can feel your rage from here. I will say two words to you, uh, and then I'm very interested to know your opinion. Jonathan Moss. Jonathan Moss is the new Mike Reed, the new enemy, the new Mike Dean. Um, for those of you who remember Mike Reed, he had that penalty against Leicester when it was early Johnson dived dramatically at, uh, at Stamford Bridge in the late 90s. I think it was an FA Cup replay. I think he called Danny Baker's job on Five Live and all sorts happened. Um, what a mess. Just what a mess. Um, it's interesting because there was a huge backlash after the game against the referee, and now there's been a bit of a backlash against the backlash. People turning around going, well, actually, I think you got every decision right and all this sort of thing. Um, the first thing you have to say is that, of course, Leicester's penalty is soft in my eyes, and you know he, he evened it up in terms of penalties. But for me, the guy lost control quite early on. I mentioned on commentary about... I think it was when Noble got booked. I, I, I said, the referee's going to do something stupid here today. He just had that air about him, and little did I know what was going to happen. Well, he's actually been taken off of the Premier League games for the upcoming weekend. Well, nobody's released anything concrete to say that it's based on his performance, but you'd imagine it was, wouldn't you? Let's, uh, let's talk about the individual incidents then. First of all, Vardy, second yellow for simulation. This is this is the big thing for me. It all revolves around Jamie Vardy, mainly because, first of all, the first yellow card is an absolute disgrace. The guy was sliding to block the ball, never made contact with uh, the West Ham player. The West Ham player then took two steps forward and fell over the feet of Vardy from, from looking to where the ball has gone. So it's not his fault. It was absolutely nothing. So the guy's on a yellow card. The actual incident itself... Jamie Vardy, in my eyes, has attempted to try and bring on a foul from the opposition player. But in doing so, his legs have tangled up with the, the defender. They've both gone over. It is not a penalty. It is not a dive. And it is not anything. What it is, it's a goal kick and even possibly a little word in Vardy's ear to say, look, I know we know what tactic he's trying to do. Of course he's trying to win a penalty. The centre forward for a team one that up in the top of the league. He's trying to get a penalty, but it's not a dive. It, you can't book a guy for that. If he went over by himself with no one near him, that's a dive. If an attempted tackle was made and he dived over a leg and there was no contact, that's a dive. Not 
I'm I'm going to try and make a collision with someone, even at top speed as well. And I'm not talking running directly at someone, but just a little bit. And then all of a sudden, the legs completely tangle up, and they both go over. Actually, are quite lucky to get up without you know maybe uh, hurting themselves. It's not a, it's not a dive and a, a yellow card, and of course then a red card, one match ban. Vardy then swears at the referee, points in his face, and deserves to be given an extra uh, game for that. He really does. Um, but that is the game, because we were not only on top in terms of being one in front, but we were the team looking more likely to add to our score. We were more likely to score than West Ham at that time. Completely changed the game, and perfect to West Ham was throwing everyone forward. Um, but that was the incident that has changed the game. It was indeed, but then he got himself tangled up in some more controversy. Winston Reid, dive or no dive? Well, this this is, again, a, a point where I've turned to a lot of people who have either, you know, sort of agreed, some have disagreed on, on purpose. But, OK, they've had a word with the, the two centre-halves and, and, and some of the forwards. But the guy has got the run on... West Morgan, who tries to put his hands around his waist and pull him back. Reed then dives forward in exaggeration to say to the referee, look, there was contact, you know, around my waist. That's a dive. That is a dive. So how he's managed to, A, give a penalty and basically accept that, that him falling over that way was not a dive. It, I just did an absolute mess. By now, the referee's just lost it. He's lost... He, he's basically undermined himself by giving that decision. Um, for me, is a penalty? No, I think it's very harsh. In my personal opinion, that's very harsh. They score the goal. Robert Hooth then, the same happens to him. Not even the same. A lot worse. Happens to him at the other end of the field. Nothing given. And then towards the end, obviously, then they score, they score their goal. Brilliant goal, Cresswell. Good player. Um... And then we get a penalty at the end. Was it a penalty? No. Was it a clumsy silly tackle and uh, challenge, should I say, or, or by, by it's a typical centre-forward tackle? Yeah, it's what, yeah, what on earth is he doing back there at that time? You, as a manager, you've got your head in your hands, haven't you? What is he doing? But, nonetheless, fair play to Stubb. He saw him coming and thought, hang on, I need to get, the, get a, a spurt on it, get in the penalty area, and, you know, when he makes this challenge, I'm going to go over. So, um you know, it was it was a silly thing to do by uh, Carroll. If it was the other way round, we were going absolutely insane. For me, though, it's a point gained rather than two lost. As soon as they scored that second goal, that was it for me. I, I didn't think we were going to get a goal. And what about the reaction uh, after scoring the penalty from Leo Ajoa? We've sung his praises on the podcast in, uh, in recent weeks and months. He's had to bide his time on the bench. He's uh, had 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there. He's looked relatively sharp when he comes on. He's been working hard. Uh, and he was almost teary when he scored that last-minute penalty. And Danny Drinkwater in his arms there. There's a really good picture on the club's official Instagram. But that, that's a brilliant moment for Ajoa, who you now would expect to start up front alongside Okazaki. I think so. For a start, it would give Okazaki the chance to play in a number nine role, something that he hasn't had the chance to do this season for obvious reasons. The position that he was uh, probably bought for and that he's played in virtually all his career. So I think it would do Okazaki good and also it would do Ajoa good because we have been, as you said, in his praises. Again, he looked really sharp, he looked fitter, and his control was fantastic. I thought he had a brilliant game when he came on. So uh, it'd be quite interesting to see them two against Swansea. Um, but again, I'd say a point gained rather than two lost. Um, 
And obviously then what happened with Spurs, who went on and won, um, and, the, and the gap is now down to five points. So, yes, disappointing, uh, angry with the refereeing decisions and, and his overall performance. I thought he was, I thought he just lost, lost the plot. Um, but to get out of that game with a point is a very good point. And there's a lot of doom and gloom around. I think people need to just realise four games, we're five points clear. We are still five points clear. I will say right now that Spurs performance and, and the victory, um, a lot of that has got to go, to go down to Stoke. They were dreadful. As much as Spurs were good, Stoke were rubbish. And I don't think they'll have the same easy passage in a many many of the games. I don't think Tony Pulis will set his team up and, and, and have a, accept a performance like that. They were pathetic. As much as Spurs took advantage. Um, so a lot of people getting nervous that I spoke to today. Um, but just remember, it's still in our hands. Five points clear. What Anything can happen still. Anything at all. So that's what Pete Selby, live from his phone in his car, thinks about Jonathan Moss and Leicester City currently. But let's go across to the For Fox Sake mailbag. Remember, you can contact us however you like. Twitter at FFSpod. Uh, email for podcast at gmail.com. Search for Fox Sake Podcast on Facebook. Uh, give us a like and you'll be able to see all the little bits and bobs that we post on there as well. Uh, we've had an email in from Ollie. Who says, hi guys, just wanted to say, love the podcast. I emigrated to Vancouver at the start of the season. Never would I have thought something like this could happen. Everyone keeps asking me if I've just started supporting Leicester this season. I keep having to show everyone a photo of me at Wembley when we beat Tranmere, then to be asked, who are Tranmere? But never would I have thought that I'd be celebrating, hopefully, winning the league at a Leicester supporters club here in Canada Nothing like having to wake up at half five in the morning on a Sunday to watch the Foxes keep up the great work, lads. Thank you very much, Ollie, for getting in contact with us for Fox8podcast at gmail.com. We like a good old-fashioned email. Uh, we've had one from... Sorry, go on, Pete. Well, I was just about to say that when uh, when they show the goal to win the uh, League Cup final against Tramit, I was uh, standing two uh, seats from that corner flag. So every time... Uh, and he was guppy who whipped the ball in. I can just see myself in a giant white night jacket. It was terrible, but uh, I, I, I did stand out. Anyway, that's just me going on about something. Go on. Fashion police. <laughs> Call them. How's the, how's, how's the snooker? How's Mark Selby doing? Are we going to win that and all? Uh, well, uh, he spoke in his press conference after today. He, he did win today against Robert Milkins. Today being Tuesday when we've recorded this version of the podcast. Um, yeah, he won. He... I remember two years ago when we won the championship, I was up here again covering the world championships and uh, he was gutted that the championship trophy parade, open top bus and all that jazz, was the day before he played in the final when he beat Ronnie O'Sullivan. Uh, he was gutted that he couldn't join in the, the celebrations. But obviously this year, if and when we win the Premier League, the celebrations will be after the world championship finishes. So he has been asked and we've sort of thought about the idea of him winning the world championships again and, and he said, I hope they save me a seat on the bus. How good would that be? Brilliant. Brilliant. One word. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> That's quite all right. We like to chat about the snooker. Anyway, next uh, next bit of contact on for Fox Podcast at gmail.com from Mark C. Um, 
Jonathan Moss played far too big a part in the game today, I feel. Leicester, luckily, have been the beneficiaries of refereeing this season. Not necessarily undeservedly so. Uh, however, with this being one of the most important games of the Premier League season, John Moss lost his mind. Sending Vardy off was extremely harsh at best, after the, especially after the t- decision to give the penalty to West Ham after Winston Reid's unbelievably obvious, ridiculous dive. Uh, after the Vardy sending off, that ridiculous simulation should have been a straight red if precedence matters for anything. Luckily for Leicester, Moss obviously felt he had to make up for that horrific call, although he chose the wrong West Ham offence to do so. Rather than the obvious chokehold on Hooth, he chose the innocuous, probably legal challenge on Schlupp. Unreal. Fair play to Cresswell, though. After all he said, that strike was absolutely unbelievable, especially from a left-back. Maybe a candidate for best 11 after that performance. Anyway, sorry for the long venting email. I'm still up to date and loving the podcast. Please keep it up when you can. Well, thank you very much, Mark, for your for your email. Pete, let me throw this over to you. Um, a candidate for best 11 after that performance for Cresswell and the strike as well? I'll tell you what, I agree with absolutely every word of that email. Uh, I won't lie, uh, I, have, I saw the first few lines and went, right, we'll keep that to uh, one side and we'll... Uh, we'll read it out, but I didn't read it all the way through. I that's I completely agree with absolutely every word of that, so that's absolutely fine. Um, a candidate for uh, best player, yes, definitely. You know, for a start, you score a goal like that, you have to be you know in the conversation of uh, best eleven. Also, I think we might be short of a of a left back or two in that team. There was a few people who stood out and had uh, half decent games, but um, I don't think anyone uh, really stood out in terms of being. Overly poor. I thought Emanike was. Um, I thought he was poor, but he wasn't. You know that dreadful. That you know we. You don't have to. He's going to be included in the worst eleven. So I will put Aaron Cresswell forward into the best and worst eleven. Of course, we will put on Twitter and on Facebook the updated best and worst eleven of the season. And again, if you do want to make any uh, comments on that, and you want to add anyone to it, or try and add for the, the final. Uh, game a couple of games against Swansea and against Everton, then please just jot it on an email and get in contact with us like Mark C had done. Exactly, Mark C. Aaron Cresswell goes into the best 11 uh, to play at the King Power Stadium this season based on your recommendation. Thank you. We've got another bit of contact from Steve on Facebook saying, well, I went to bed at 2-0. I've woken up, been through the social media and you'd think Armageddon has happened. Come on, folks, get a grip. A title is won over 38 games. Blaming Moss for only being five points ahead is like blaming Mares for missing penalties against Bournemouth and Villa. The fact is, after his awful display, he gave us a point back. Decisions will go against us. Players will make mistakes. Goalkeepers will make brilliant saves and then get the help of two posts. It's all part of football. We are five, yes, five points clear with four games to go. We've qualified for the Champions League. And this is Leicester City we're talking about. Hands up if you wouldn't want to be where we are right now. Uh, I've not slept well for nearly four weeks now. All I can think about is the title race. I've never been so emotional watching and listening to all the plaudits our great club has given us. My wife tells me to enjoy it. You know what? She's right. Enjoy the white knuckle ride ahead. We may never get the chance to ride it again. Remember the experiences we've had and be thankful that we have the opportunity to live through this wonderful season. One final thought. We win. Two, Spurs drop a point and it's ours. It's not ours to lose, it's ours to win. Good mentality, Pete. Yeah, I completely agree uh, with Steve. I, I know he's, uh, he's very vocal on Facebook, runs a, a couple of groups on there. 
uh, undivided Leicester City is one of them so uh, if you want to check them out as well I think he lives out in uh, out, out abroad in Spain but uh, so a big hello uh, to Stephen a great points made uh, again today I've spoken to a lot of Leicester fans who were saying similar things saying look you know end of the day we win our two home games and if Spurs do make a match then you know that's it that's all over uh, and that's what we've got to be looking forward to now um, again we're you know Back to John Moss, you know, it, it was a, a terrible decision. But again, a point gained. It's a point gained. It's something that we, you know, we'll look back at the end of the season and say, would that, was that the turning point? And I don't think we will be. The, the, the league is still in our hands. Five points clear, four games remaining. I don't care what Spurs do. I don't care because all I want Leicester to do is go and win their games. They win their games, job done. We're going to win the league. Looking forward to the next game. Swansea at home at the King Power Stadium. Unprecedented that either myself and yourself will not be there. Shameful. Shame on us. It's an absolute disgrace. I mean, I do blame you. It's got nothing to do with you know your fault that I'm not there. Not at all, because you're in Sheffield and I'll be in Blackpool. But uh, it's... Uh, it will be interesting talking about a game that we both have to watch on TV or catch extended highlights of. Um, so what we will need next week is everyone's opinion about the game against Swansea. If you were there, if you're watching it on TV, what were your opinions? Uh, keep it short, keep it only to a few lines or even a paragraph so we can read many out. And we'll have a, another mailbag section, especially next week, because obviously uh, we won't get the ground. But we will give our opinions as per usual. Looking forward to the game, Okazaki alongside Ojoa, like we said, I can't see any of the changes uh, being made. What do you think that would do to the attacking uh, play that Leicester have been uh, showing in recent weeks? You know, the very solid back four, the very solid uh, two banks of four, and then Vardy up top being released by the likes of Drinkwater. Look at his goals against Sunderland as a prime example. That will obviously disappear. Do you think that they'll change tactically or change their mentality, the way they play? I think Shinji Okazaki is going to have to play 10 yards further forward uh, because, because of the way that we play football and the fact that we haven't really had to change it for most of the season, uh, Joa doesn't give you that attribute of having the pace uh, to get in behind defences. So if you're going to carry on playing that kind of football, I think you've got to get Okazaki in behind. Uh, use Ajoa maybe as a pivot, get it into his feet, get him laying it off, and then Okazaki running on behind him. But then the problem with that is, unless you play Ajoa in a slightly more withdrawn role, you do lack the kind of pressure and the shape that Okazaki brings you because he's particularly useful at pressing a defensive midfielder because he does sit... 10 yards further back than Vardy, particularly when we're defending. So it'll be interesting to work that dynamic. They've not started uh, a Premier League game together at all this season, Ajoa and Okazaki. Obviously, they'll know each other quite well from training. They've been at the club all season. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how that dynamic works on the field. Maybe uh, maybe Mares might drop into a more central role with Okazaki as the pacey figurehead up front at some stage, possibly if, if Ajoa's not working in the main in the main sort of system, but it'll be an interesting one to watch. It will be. I think Okazaki needs to play the number nine role. He needs to be on the, the shoulder of the last defender at all times and leave Ajoa to do the work that he's been doing since he's uh, been coming onto the field of play, replacing Okazaki. Uh, one player you did mention, um, who has slightly gone off the boil in recent weeks, 
Uh, maybe it's because he can't get to training in the time that he normally does so because he has to be given a lift. Uh, maybe it's uh, Riyad Mahrez's turn to maybe step up and show everyone that he is worthy of being favourite of the PFA Player of the Year. Um, he has gone wandering in recent games. You do have to say the goal that we scored against West Ham, that wasn't a penalty. Uh, what a lovely move for a start, but uh, it's quite um, underrated pass by Mahrez that a lot of people have maybe overlooked. A lovely little side-footed ball between midfielders for Kante to run onto and then found Vardy a great goal, left-footed shot and of course we'll miss that for at least a couple of games I think. Um, so we'll need Mahrez to turn up. Now maybe even possibly turn up in a, a number 10 role but I fully expect it just being one change. Mar- uh, sorry, Ajoa coming on uh, for Jamie Vardy, Okazaki on the last man, making the runs in behind that he has done uh, for Mines for J- uh, Japan for all these years, and a role that he's not yet had the opportunity to play for Leicester. Swansea City, are they going to be a Stoke City? Are they going to be lambs for the slaughter? Are they already on the beach? And anything else that uh, goes along the same wavelength as, as that. Um, they lost 3-0 away at Newcastle. Uh, it looks to me like they are completely safe. So, uh, are they sitting ducks, possibly. That is the word, possibly. And what they will be, though, is if Leicester go in front, I think that's it. As soon as we score first, or if we do score first, fingers crossed we do, then I think Leicester will be able to control the game, get another goal, and a a nice, comfortable 1 or 2 nil uh, win. But we will have to see. Um, I just hope that they don't take to heart what's happened on Monday night because you can't control what other people are doing. I wouldn't worry about the Spurs. I think a lot of people have woken up this morning and were really nervous about that Spurs performance. Ignore them. Let's concentrate on City. Wise words, Pete. Wise words as ever. Thank you very much for taking the time to sit in your car in a car park in Loughborough. I've just seen, I've just seen three cars go by and every single one had a Leicester kit in. One had ribbons on the aerial, and the other one had a scarf at the back. I think it had a kit in as well. So uh, if that's ever a sign, so I'm going to go for 3 nil on <laughs> on uh, on Sunday afternoon because of the uh, three Leicester cars that I've just literally driven by, and it's made me want to put ribbons on the aerial, even though we're not going to Wembley. That'll do me. So it's Leicester Swansea coming up this weekend at home, the penultimate home game of the season. Four games to go, five points clear. We'll do another episode of For Fox Sake podcast from uh, Sheffield slash Blackpool slash Loughborough after the Swansea game at the weekend. But uh, don't panic just yet, Foxes fans. We'll see you next time. <laughs>